Drop B Gaming Drop B Gaming Drop B Gaming Drop B Gaming Hello and welcome to Drop B Gaming episode number 6 uh, it's been another week since you've heard our beautiful dulcet tones and we thought we'd come back. Uh, we've got another super special guest on here. But before I get on to the guest again, I'll introduce myself, Lucas. How is everybody? I hope you're doing well. Uh, and also I'll pass to my brother, Matt. Say good day. Oh, good day. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing good. Same old, same old. <laughs> we're, we're a little bit uh, a little bit um, furry around the edges because both of us had a big night on Friday night so it very very rarely happens but uh, we managed to very rarely yes yes and uh, now that the footy season's back hopefully we'll be able to actually have a few more get drunk more often that's right the Cats won <laughs> today in the first game or first two games in that NAB Cup so I was happy with I that I don't even want to talk about the NAB Cup bloody ridiculous <laughs> stupid bullshit this <laughs> is change- weird because you guys are from Queensland and you're into AFL and I'm from Melbourne and I'm not <laughs> well we were both born in the Geelong Hospital so, ah that's awesome yeah. there you go so we were kind of born with a, a blue and white grip in our arms so. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds disgusting <laughs> <laughs> that's yep. true anyway I'll move right along um, as you heard that uh, that strange voice is the third seat um, a, a voice you may have heard if you're into listening to podcasts especially Australian ones uh, we have a special guest from Game Taco The Wall a wall of text as the, some people know him <laughs> the wall of text the wall of speech and sometimes the wall of silence you know just to mix it up a bit <laughs> just so no one really knows if you're there or not Absolutely. <laughs> Mate, introduce yourself. Ah, uh, yes, Tim Wall Sater from Game Taco. And uh, it's awesome to rock out with the Drop Bear Gaming guys. Um, I'm loving you guys. You're, you're awesome. Oh, well, thank you. So, especially all the stuff we can't put in from the pre-roll, because, you know, <laughs> that was gold. <laughs> First time it's been called gold. <laughs> <laughs> usually people use another word for it. That's right. It's usually coloured, but it's never that colour. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mate, it is it is our pleasure to have you on board. So, thank you very much for coming. Um, you know, hopefully, yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully, we are recording on a Sunday night, so we won't keep you up as long as we did for uh, you know, poor Tom last week. We had him on the on the bloody chat for a long, long time. I don't think he got to bed till nearly one thirty in the morning. So, that's all right. I'm an insomniac. I can go all night. <laughs> is that bad? Should I not be encouraging you? <laughs> no, by all means. Well known fact. <laughs> All right, so I guess um, you know, as a very a quick thing that we do every week is touch on what games we've been playing. I'll kick it off this week because uh, I'm selfish and I'm the host, so everyone else can fuck off. Basically, <laughs> it, it's been a bit of a slow week for me playing games, I guess. I did pick up Plants vs. Zombies. I went over to a mate's house the other night and he had his... Um, what did you get it on? I was, it on? I was just about to say, I, I went over to Ross's house and he had it on his iPad and I was watching him, you know, he just cranked it up because I'd never actually, like I'd seen it, but I'd never actually played it and I'd never seen it on an iPad. So he was showing me. And anyway, on the drive home, pretty much I decided that I'd buy it. So I now have it on my laptop, my wife's laptop, my computer and the um, the iPhone. 
So I think the only thing I'm really missing out so far is the Xbox in the house. But I think I've pretty much... an iPad. Yeah, well, I'm thinking I've already offered them enough money. So that's uh, that's sucked me in something crazy. So I've been, uh, been going a bit crazy on that one. Apart from that, uh, there hasn't really been a lot. I don't think I've even picked up a controller for a couple of days for the Xbox. Waiting for Bulletstorm to drop. Uh, so I can you know, get a little bit silly rape on people. that, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully go and rape people. That's that's the that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know that story, we'll get into that one a little bit later as well. So, because that game makes me want to rape people because it bores me so much. That I would rather be raping people than playing that shit. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> should that's should we cut that? <laughs> Of course you mean in the game. <laughs> yes. Um, GTA. I'm talking about GTA. <laughs> All right, so that's pretty much me. There's not a lot of control envy going on there, but uh, yeah, that, that's me in the nutshell for this week. So, Matt, yourself? Okay. I w- was playing a lot of sports champions on the move to try and platinum it, and then I couldn't be bothered playing it anymore. <laughs> so I got a fair, few, a fair way into that. I've still got some gladiator fighting to do, I think. And I've been playing a lot of Burnout Paradise because that game is awesome. Getting the Chivos. No, trophies, mate. Oh, yeah, PS. of course. But, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty... I just... That was one of the first games that I bought for the PS3 and I didn't play it for ages after... Like, I played it when I bought it and then I stopped playing it and just putting it in this week... And I'm thinking, geez, why have I not been playing this game? It's fucking awesome. Just entertainment plus. Well, I suppose I should uh, come over and have a bit of a go if it's that good. Oh, just when you crash and you you know you've fucked up and just so that you know, you know that you know it goes into slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> and you just see the whole car crumple and the gr- glass shoot out. Oh, that sounds good. So you're like, oh, now you're playing. Does the PS3 allow you to play online and have the whole free driving thing where people randoms can come into your into your match yeah. or something? Have you yeah. done, have you tried much of that? I've never tried it. I haven't played multiplayer this week with it because my internet's fucking terrible. But back uh, when I used to play it, I played a lot of multiplayer on it, and that's pretty fun. Uh, well, nice. it was fun then. I'm sure there's a lot of douchebags on there as well. Are, are people still playing it or? I have no idea. I, because I suppose. It seems like there was a big... There was probably at least 12 months in between me playing it, right? Yeah. And when I put it back in, it made me download... Like, I came over to your place, Lucas, to download <laughs> yes, <you> patches. <laughs> and everything else and, on the internet. Yeah, no, there was like two gig worth of patches. And I turned the game on after the patches and it was completely different. To oh, really? Before. There was like three lots of basically they added in motorbikes it's like a heap of dlc but free nice that's what it seems like is this motorbikes been added in and an extra island that you can drive over to and have missions on and things like that so they did add a uh, a nighttime mode as well but it wasn't as convincing as previous burnout games i don't think although you know in the previous burnout games it wasn't dynamic it was just you know this race happens at night so oh okay yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. admittedly, it's an open world, so it's a lot of effort to, to key all that stuff in. True. 
It's very generous as a uh, as a, a what do you call it a patch though. I mean, it's nice as DLC. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was surprised, and then I the first thing I did because I had a hard drive failure a couple of a year or so ago, and I lost all my previous um, saves. And so going back into it, you know, I had nothing. I was starting from nothing, starting from scratch again. And the first thing I did was jump on a motorbike and check that out. It was pretty cool. It actually plays really well. Although I don't know if you can do the slow motion crashing with a motorbike. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's they had motorbikes in uh, Gotham Racing. I think three, they introduced motorbikes. And I don't even actually no. think I ever played on a motorbike. I remember playing that game a fair bit but I can never actually remember playing on a motorbike so be interesting to compare it because that's one of the only games that I know that is kind of a serious racer um, you know, I don't know how serious Burnout Paradise is <laughs> <laughs> seeing as you don't have a speedo and uh, yeah <laughs> yeah you can literally crash into anyone and destroy it like I crashed into a car earlier I was pinning it i was in like one of the speed cars because the speed stunt and um, aggression or something that so you've got the strong one the one that's good at doing tricks and the one that's fast obviously yeah and I was in a fast one and I was <laughs> was it red Frank uh, I can't remember okay. anyway I was speeding down the street and I came out crested over this hill and here's like a it looked like a Volvo like an old boxy Volvo and I fucking must have hit it at least 300, it would have been, and I just clipped the side of it, and the fucking thing went flying, <laughs> and I was thinking, man, if that happened in real life, we'd all be dead. <laughs> they, like, stopped at the lights, and I just smashed them and sent them flying. Uh, Thank God it's not in real life. <laughs> no, but it's it's fun, but I was, like, I was telling you before we started recording that tro I started playing it to get trophies in it because um, Tricky Mick from the Trophy Wars podcast told me that it was fairly easy and lo and behold I turned it on jumped on a motorbike the first thing I did was pop a wheelie and I got a trophy so <laughs> nice. that's good it's good when a plan yeah. comes together so yeah and Same then time. iPhone games I've been playing Train Conductor and Game Book Adventures and stuff like that all right, Tim, yourself, you've, uh, have you had a chance to play anything this week? I guess my most recent gaming has been, I, I'm catching up on a lot of old games and I've sort of put a ban on, on buying AAA games anyway. Uh, at full price, I won't get them just because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting through what, I'm, what I have and I want to. So there's a few other things I need to save up for, for things. But uh, I have been playing Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands. Um, I have a bit of a soft, soft spot for, for the pop team. Um, and yeah, I, I think I enjoy things about Prince of Persia that a lot of people don't. <laughs> but it, it's some very interesting platforming and I guess semi-platform puzzling, and uh, it's very clever and I love it. Other than that, I've been co-oping Left 4 Dead One a little bit with AK from our podcast. Uh, it's really awesome. We're trying to get Left 4 Dead Two, and we're going to get all four of us on. Um, it'll be pretty chaotic, and that's going to be great. <laughs> Well, that sounds fun. I should hook up with you. I've got, uh, I've actually got Matt's copy of Left 4 Dead upstairs. Oh, it's great. And the, and the more human players, the the better it is. It, it's it's just amazing. I've always loved it. What is great about that game is that 
uh, at least the, nothing else I'd ever played before. Those zombies fucking sprint at you. They yeah. don't shamble towards you. And when the horde comes for you, you the first, the very first time you panic like crazy. The rest of the time you're just always, you know, paranoid of the horde coming after you, and you you don't want to linger in one area too long because you know the director will send the horde at you, um, mm-hmm. and you, you'll and it'll chew through ammo and health, and especially in um, advanced and expert, you know, you really have to conserve everything as much as possible the main difference i found which i think they ended up kind of fixing with a bit of a uh, an update was how crazy hard the director got in the second game i don't know if you've played much of the second game but no haven't played it at all seen a lot of footage but um and most of it pc footage so yeah, yeah. it just all of a sudden you know went from especially in in the you know the four player co-op type thing it went from being fairly well balanced in the first game uh, you know, if you chose the different levels of difficulty, that's almost how difficult it was. Mm. But when they brought out the second one, anything higher than normal, you'd have no chance at all. Uh, I remember playing one night, I hired it for a while, I think, and uh, I was playing one night with my son downstairs, and um, it just got ridiculous. I mean, there was only the two of us in the four, you know, kind of played game. Yep. And we ended up with... I think there was in one room there was three witches and two tanks and a hunter and that's fucking ridiculous yeah I know how the fuck can you win and then the horde was thrown in on top of that (laughs) and you end up just going no this is too hard turn it off I'm just not going to win that and it does that over and over and over again it's like it if it it does it once and you if it does it once and you die that's really cool but yeah if Mm. it keeps doing it that's yeah that's no good but you know it's the director as well because it keeps happening at different spots it's not like a a triggered kind of horde which is the thing i love about that game is is, you know one minute you walk into a room and you'll just get axed and then you know the next playthrough you walk into the same room and there's nothing in there yeah and i love how random it is like that because you just really are on the edge of your seat the whole time because you don't know when anything's going to go you know just haywire yeah. The first one can be a little bit inconsistent with pills in particular. And on the lower levels, it's not as important, um, which is weird because it spams you with pills. They're fucking yeah. everywhere. Uh-huh. But in, in the harder levels, you rely on them because you know you're not going to get health packs and they really do see you through to the safe room. But yeah, even in the harder levels, sometimes you get heaps of pills when you don't need them and then no pills when you know, even just one for one character would be great. Mm. Other than that, I'm a bit of a Battlefield Bad Company 2 addict, so yeah, I, I always try and get a few games in when I can, and that shit is oh, awesome. Yeah. Yep. yep. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, both, I'm a Battlefield both. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, I, I don't... Than Call of Duty. Yeah, I, I can't really get into Call of Duty anymore. I, I played Modern Warfare 1, I think, just for the, the single player, and that was pretty cool, but... The way that Battlefield, the way that Bad Company 2 handles and just the way you play it, everything about it is very slick. I really like it a lot. Sounds good. Did you, when you picked it up, did you get the standard edition or the um, the limited? I got it, I got it fairly late because I actually haven't been into multiplayer versus games at all yeah. uh probably be- from bad experiences with halo 2 on the original xbox <laughs> <laughs> uh, on xbox live and uh and halo 3 i mean we used to play closed games with just our mates and that was great but playing with randoms is just fucking awful yeah um and that's the weird thing and that's the weird thing with with bad company too is that in particular in hardcore mode 
once once I got addicted to it and all the other guys went to bed um, and I'd keep going you know so I, there was no one I knew in there I was squatting up with strangers and they were really nice people I'm thinking is this Xbox Live like am I <laughs> to strangers and you know they're not saying I'm falling asleep <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's like that spun me out especially like hardcore mode once you start playing in hardcore mode it, it gets pretty good and uh, yeah, I'm a bit of an addict, but I have only played it for about 130 hours and everyone else has wrapped their accounts of like fucking 400 hours and shit and they're all level 50s. And Yeah, exactly. Well, I was just thinking, um, I've got, uh, I think I've got some codes upstairs still that are still valid for um, just a, a couple of bonus guns and stuff like that. So okay. if I've got it, I'll, I'll give it to you because I'll, <laughs> I'll never use it. So I think I got it when... Uh, it, ha- it has um, Battlefield 1943 on it and um, download a full version of it. So I was like, oh, sweet, I'll take that. And I got that, but I never actually got anything for the game. So, yeah. And then I think I played Battlefield 1943 for about five minutes. <laughs> and I thought, this is great. And then it never went back to it again. <laughs> Typical. Uh- it, it's hard, one, one, like Bad Company, to really, if, if that is a philosophy, a gaming philosophy you get into, everything else starts to look a bit average. Um, so, you know, pretty keen for Battlefield 3. Hope it's hope it's going to be as polished and good. I think it is. Yeah, it's, I think so. Their premium line, and it needs to be a bit of a love letter to the PC crowd as well, I think. Even, even, yeah. if, even if Bad Company wasn't so terrible on PC you know PC gamers are always a little bit precious so <laughs> well I've got, it, I've got it on the PC as well I bought it at Cold uh, Blood <laughs> uh, I'm, look I'm thinking of buying both Left 4 Dead 1, 2 um, and Bad Company and Battlefield 3 on PC as well I, I didn't have a good PC until recently but now I can actually game on it so yeah. I, I do prefer FPS's with a mouse you know so well, you know, I don't want to piss all PC gamers out there <laughs> it's the thing that's pissing me off at the moment is that uh the majority of first-person shooters are still made for the consoles, and then yes. when they port them across, the mouse is like a D-pad. You know, to actually swivel around and to see around properly, you're constantly picking your mouse up and moving it around. You, know, you, you can't just go left and right unless you've got a massive mouse pad. Um, yeah. I'm fairly lucky that I've got a gaming mouse pad as well, so it, it kind of helps. Um, I think Matt, you even made the comment the other day: your mouse pad's too small. Um, and it only covers about half the desk, so yeah, you're not compensating for anything. fucking mouse pad. Hey, would gets... you like to come to my place and see my mouse pad? <laughs> That's right. It's large. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, you know, in the cold, you know, Queensland nights up here, I can wrap myself in it and it'll be nice and warm. <laughs> so yeah, it's my That's razor. Lame. It's my razor mantis <laughs> instead of my pro okay, mantis. But um, anyway. Yeah, no, I had I had Battlefield Two on PC back in the day, and I had it on P- PS Two. PS Three, oh, modern PS Two would have been two. Okay. That was combat though, and it was a bit different. Yeah, modern combat. That's right. Well, that, yeah. Battlefield Two was the one I had on the computer was completely fucking different. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, and by, and by you, I think you I mean played... good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I like the PC one. Anyway. Yeah. Well, apparently I thought I'd throw that in there. I love Battlefield Bad Company's um, multiplayer. Back when I had good internet, I used to play that as well. well Back I just in the good old days. Game. I love the uh, the banter between the the main characters just in the the single player. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, 
definitely. Mm, but this, the multiplayer of it, I just love it. I mean, between Halo and Call of Duty and Bad Company, I would always pick Bad Company because I just there's something about the gameplay in that, like the style of the game, yep. that I just prefer. I tell you what, that, that that game is tuned to... I know a lot of people disagree, especially the really hardcore players, but Bad Company in particular is a very tuned game. That Everything happens at an intentional speed, you know? The speed that you run, walk, reload, change weapons, arm MCOM stations, disarm, etc, etc. Okay, uh, I'm not saying it's perfect, but if you understand the philosophies behind it and why everything happens the way that it does, it, it's a very, very polished game, and playing it feels really great. Even down to the, the UI, how you change your kits, your loadouts, um, you know, you've got an issue with a tank, so somebody spawns in with rockets or whatever it is, you know what I mean, or with a tracer dart. And making those decisions and the game facilitating them and squatting you up is just really streamlined. Um, we've started playing Mag a little bit on PS3, and wow, you really start to appreciate how good Battle, uh, Bad Company 2 is in comparison. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm enjoying Mag, very different beast, but the UI is fucking horrendous it's yeah. ugly and it's just unwieldy to use mm-hmm. I want to play it with move Are <laughs> <laughs> you serious well I would like to see what it's like apparently Killzone 3 is pretty good with move with the, sh- the new gun I just want to get my money's worth with my move I mean I'm, I love sports champions even though it's like you're going to give me a heart attack <laughs> but, or prevent you know, one it's good fun, and I'd like to be able to use it for non-casual games. Yeah, and yeah. I reckon being able to fuck people up on Killzone would be pretty epic. Yeah, I'd suppose. You know, I take mean, you back to the arcade days when you're like standing in the little in the playing House of the Dead with the curtain around it, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's too violent for the non-fifteen-year-olds to see. That's right. <laughs> At least you're still using it. I, I, I bought the bloody Connect on day one and used it for a couple of weeks and it doesn't even get turned on anymore the kids don't even bother playing connectimals or you know adventures or any of that shit either i never would have saw that coming yeah i know it's strange isn't it i think i might have said that when you bought it (laughs) because i came over five minutes i played it for five minutes and i was like well that's fucked (laughs) it's fun it's fun but i'm about to smash my head on the fucking ceiling yeah true I did that a couple of times because I've got some low beams under where it is and I've yeah, nailed myself a few times so that wraps up pretty much what we've been playing um, so right. that's a little short intro that's right yeah so we'll move on very quickly to the news section um, there's been a few things going on this week um, where are we we've uh, put together the agenda with about four or five items on it so we'll run through those pretty quickly hopefully I guess with all the talk of the different games we've been playing and the Left 4 Dead and all that kind of stuff, a um, bit of a segue into uh, discussing the Dead Island preview. Um, they put out a, uh, a trailer just recently, which has been played backwards and forwards by pretty much everyone on the planet at this stage. <laughs> and I just think uh, you know it'd be worth just quickly having a, having a bit of a look at it. I mean, it doesn't really give away a lot to what the game is going to be about or how it's going to play or you know any of that kind of stuff i have heard that what you actually see in the preview is pretty much what it's going to look like when you're in game so that looks pretty good i've seen a few uh a quick uh, run through of the game environment and because you know 
watching the preview you pretty much get the feeling that they are on you know like a hawaii type island and you know they're in a, a you know quite a high class resort the fly through of the environment went through the pool sections and a couple of those kind of areas around you know what you'd expect they were they came out in 2007 and they looked fairly basic but i think with a nice rendering and some uh, some nice graphic overlays and stuff like that they're actually going to come out looking really good and it looks like there'll be some really good places to be able to confuse a zombie or get away from them and things like that and they look like from the videos that they actually going to move kind of like they do in the left for dead so they're not just going to just, shamble about yeah yeah that's right and you know just hang around and wait for you to walk past and they go oh shit you know brains so <laughs> mm. yeah <laughs> or like a uh, a vegetarian zombie they'll eat grains <laughs> oh how did i know someone was gonna play that <laughs> <laughs> you've just got to go there so uh i mean i i didn't get a lot out of it i, I hope it is good but you know i guess the, the proof's going to be in the puddings when it comes out what did you guys think well, I watched two out of three minutes of it before my internet clapped out, so that was fantastic. I'm all about the 66%. And so now you're going to find out how much of a bastard I am when it comes to games and how harsh I am. Um, a lot of the time, I really love promo for the product more than the product, and I treat them as two totally different things. Um, best example is all the promo for pretty much Halo 3 and then ramped up again for ODST and Reach was fantastic. Like, I love that stuff. It It's rewarding for fans. It uses, utilizes the law and it's really well produced. And it's probably written by semi-decent screenwriters, which is why it's all, you know, beat it out really well. Yep. And, it looked, and it looks fantastic. And fucking Microsoft pour buckets of money onto it. Halo is their cash cow. That's right. So that, that little um, cutscene for, for Dead Island... Uh, you know, if it was done by someone in-house, it's someone who has, you know, whatever, good taste in film, etc. But, man, the game... Oh, I don't know whether the game is going to pull off those kind of moments. People were... And justifiably, on Twitter, were talking about how evocative it was. And, you know, wow, it's, you know, I almost shed a tear. And it's a very well-edited-together promo. Mm. But... I am fearful of running around an island shooting at zombies, and that's fine. Maybe that'll be a great game, but wow, it's going to be really departed from that promo. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. Like some of the some of the screens that I've seen, it there's just shit there that shouldn't be there. Like they've uh, been working on this for like five fucking years or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, like you know, that some of the screens have there's it's like it's just New York City on an island. Yeah, and there was one part where there was like, and it really reminded me of the tanks from uh, Left 4 Dead. Um, it's just this big, you know, kind of ridiculously massive man uh, in a um, in a straitjacket with a little head, and he just obviously looks like, well, from the picture, he's just sprinting at you as fast as he can to knock you over. But I was just kind of looking at it, going, if I'm on an island that's like you know just off the coast and it's just a resort island why the fuck is there a dude that looks like a you know, a psycho from arkham asylum you know, i, I uh, just the, don't get the it little head the little head makes me think of beetlejuice <laughs> <laughs> it actually reminds me of the the uh, minion from uh, mega man or Mega Mind or whatever it was, that fish-looking thing. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> it's it's because he's on the roids, man. Like his balls are really small too. <laughs> Probably is. That's why they put him in a straight jacket. <laughs> that's that's just why he's so angry, man. He's got no balls and his head's really small. 
Chelsea. I, I bring the I'd class. Be, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be angry too. <laughs> no, look, I think people are going to have expectations for it based on this trailer. And wow, you just got to check them because about that thing too. Like, why is there a tank on this island, and why is there a New York? type city so you watch that trailer and you think the game's going to tell a really evocative story but then it has to do it has to do game things oh we want to mix up the environment so there's the forest bit there's the city bit there's the you know and and these are levels and then there's the this enemy there's the that enemy then there's the sort of boss area or there's the bit where you get locked in a room or a gym or something and you have to fight waves you know i'm getting a little bit tired of that kind of thing it was an issue with dead space actually the second dead space and everybody's been talking about it and how blatant its tells are so you know that was a great trailer i'm, I'm worried about what the game is going to be like i'm glad that we're really shooting through this news quickly yes <laughs> i know it's happening in a quick way so it's, it's happening again so uh major nelson's coming up with a whole bunch of uh you know stats and stuff on what was you know the the top 20 xbox live games of 2010 and it's a pretty you know pretty decent list that he's come out with he he touches on the the AAA titles i guess and what had the most hits in the first week and then there's the arcade titles and the indie games so there's some surprising there's a few surprising ones in there in the um in the top 20 live titles like games that have been played multiplayer like fable 3 is there on number four that's mm. pretty unusual to you know it's had more hits than battlefield bad company 2 yeah, in the first week. Yeah, the, I guess that there are other things as well. You know, that are, are quite surprising for me. Things like Connect Adventures and stuff like that really just blew me away. You know, there's things like uh, you know, Crackdown Two, which I didn't think anybody played. You know, maybe they they obviously did in the first week. Didn't Connect Adventures? Um, wasn't the Connect bundled with Connect Adventures? Yes, it was. Yeah, so, I mean, the, they sold a fucking hell of a lot of units in the first week, and so everyone would have been playing that, I guess, so. Yeah, I but, suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not really a big title. Just, That's all I'm thinking, so I guess, you know, it must have been attributed to bundles. It was just a shitty year for Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the top of the list, right, you've got Black Ops and Reach, and then Red Dead Redemption. Those three games would have got in the first week. See, it's only the first week anyway. Yeah. So. They would probably want to associate first week activities and unique user logins and all that shit with uh, sales. At least that's what they're going to try and sell it to. You know, Microsoft always want to push Xbox Live. They always want to push the culture of that. So they have a heavy emphasis with developers for having some sort of live content or some way that they put their games online and it's a complete package you know people paying for a service every year or whatever a monthly subscription so yeah that's that's why it's a little bit odd say with mass effect but you know they had some network or you logged in and you got a t-shirt for your character or some shit i don't know yeah so i'm looking at this list and i see mafia 2 at 19 i played through i clocked mafia 2 i'm not remembering any multiplayer but then again I didn't have it hooked up to the internet (laughs) (laughs) it's funny how that happens so I'm not sure what I don't know but this this list is weird let's move on to the next thing (laughs) 
Fuck this. I will say on the arcade titles, it's good to see Limbo at number two, but it is a little bit puzzling why Dead Rising is number one. Yes. Mm. I don't even get what the fucking go is with Dead Rising. Everyone, like, loves the game, one and two, and I'm just like, I played it, I... We were talking about Left 4 Dead before. Left 4 Dead's awesome, right? Crazy ass zombies running yep. at you like motherfucker. Yep. And then Dead Rising, they're just shambling around. You can kill them with a fucking cardboard box. That's right. <laughs> I'm I like, think what the hell is this game? It's, it's a one-trick pony. The first time you put a frying pan on the stove and burn a zombie's face with it. Like, that's cool, but... Like, you know, you're not going to keep doing that. It's like, okay, I've done yeah. that now. You know, That's right. I got the achievement yeah. for that. I, I sprayed a fire extinguisher on a pack of zombies, which froze them, funnily enough, because fire <laughs> extinguisher sprays people. And then I threw fire. A, yeah, and then fire. <laughs> so zombies are made of fire. Anyway, so then I threw a cardboard box at them, and they all shattered or died or something. That's a good idea. It's like, because cardboard boxes are a deadly weapon. You can paper to cut them to death. Hey, don't tell Fox News or, you know, that's it. They're going to ban cardboard boxes. They're that's cardboard right. Boxes. I was also a bit spun out about this whole, uh, the, the top indie games. I was looking through them and we don't get those here. Is that XNA build or something? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. it's a complete section. We, we can't have it here because the uh, Australian Film and Literature Council can't yeah, rate them. They can't something. rate them. Yeah, that's right. I actually put on there on uh, on my play, on my Xbox, of course, um, a American account. I can actually go and view them, but I can't download them because it obviously sees my IPs in Australia. But I can go in and have a look at them all. And now that I've looked at these games or the names of these games, I don't think I'd ever fucking bother to go and actually about, play any of them. What about number six? Try not to fart. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, that's, that's just a daily <laughs> event for number, me. It's not a game I want to go and pay money for. The, that was the number six top indie game of 2010 in America. Well, Try not to Number one, Baby Maker Extreme. Seriously. And then the next four, Avatar Showdown, Avatar Paintball, <laughs> or Avatar Ninja, Avatar Race Dream. Oh, down at number eight, Avatar Avatar Onslaught. Yeah, it's all A bit further down, Avatar, Avatar Bumper Cars, Avatar Meetup Live. <laughs> so, these are what all What the just, fuck is uh, Avatar Meetup Live? That, well, that's probably Avatars as in your Avatar, not the movie place. Avatar. But then <laughs> no, no, that's, like, no, no, that's what I mean. Your, your avatars, they all meet up, they try not to fart, and they make babies. That's in right. Yeah. And there's so many girls and so little time. <laughs> <laughs> How is that only number 20? Oh, no. What's with that? And that again, another <laughs> you know, story of my life. <laughs> uh, not yet another zombie defense. Yeah, I know. I saw that one as well. I'm anyway, that one's sold than zombie estate. Zombie estate, yeah, exactly. Well, moving Breath on. Breath of Death right. 7. <laughs> Breath of Death 7. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. So we'll move on from those. They, uh, you know, the, the indie games are a whole new kettle of fish, I guess, for the Xbox. Hopefully one day we can get them because it'd be good. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm all for the indie development and I think it's good to be able to have that kind of a thing. So, I mean, I, how good would it be if the indie guys in Australia could get that kind of um, you know, exposure straight onto the Xbox, it'd be great. Yeah, I'm assuming it, it doesn't have the same really rigid certification process that uh, Xbox Live General does. Uh, I guess as long as it doesn't have naughty words in it or nudity, <laughs> yeah. then it goes up. I think that'd be probably the only two things that they'd look forward to. 
so it's on Australian. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's why no one here is bothered to get involved. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right, so we'll move on quickly. Um, something that's actually really relevant to us down here is the uh, the industry roundup that's just been done. Uh, Justin Bro has basically just gone about doing a headcount in the industry. Not just him himself, I'm sure, but the 60 Socks I think it team. May have been him. He did a, a survey, I think. No, it's a big deal. Someone did. Someone did this. Definitely did a survey. Well, we're doing pretty good so far. <laughs> All over this. Well, the internet. Someone opened up a, like a word document. <laughs> yeah. that just threw it was just some a monkey survey. He's like, oi, if you if you guys make games, this fucking right your name down here, and we're from. He stood out yeah. the front of a Seven Eleven in Paran, and like, everyone <laughs> just got names. Hey, Ben Dover counts. <laughs> you know, he counts, man. I've met that guy. He's awesome. <laughs> he makes uh, the choice. Games. Amanda hug and kiss. <laughs> so anyway, the, some of the numbers that, that washed out. Uh, even you know Justin comes out and says that he can't you know say that it's definitive and it's a hundred percent because there's probably some people that you know may may not have been even working for that you know couple of week period or whatever it was or was working well, too hard. They, they heard someone say, "Oi, we're doing a survey of game developers," and they were like, well, "Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm one of them. Yeah, so that's why game. Brisbane. That's why Brisbane has such. Well, they're not that big on there. I mean, they're number two, mm. but that's because everyone in Brisbane is like, "Dude, come on!" Exactly. You're doing a survey. You're doing a survey. My house is full of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I you got more of things. Yeah, at least one big studio closed though. Bondi disappeared. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. So gone. Chrome. Chrome, yeah. Chrome yes. was the biggest in Australia, I'm pretty sure. And then there was there's a bunch of other ones that have disappeared as well from all over, really. But pretty much no, some but... of the stats. I mean, Melbourne's obviously, you know, from this this survey is the heart of what's going on at the moment. Um, you know, Tom last week was talking about how it, it pretty much has revolved around Brisbane and Melbourne in the gaming industry for a little while now. So apparently there's about 410 game developers in Melbourne. That's full-time developers. So I'm looking at it. There's a graphic on Sumia yep. that they made up, and it's basically got all that info, and it says like what the biggest studios in those areas are, and it was Victoria's 410 full-time devs and 23 part-time across across 44 studios. Though there's some interesting facts on it, like for example, um, in uh, 2008. There was because the whole thing that's going around in the news at the moment is that the game development community in Australia has halved the industry is half there's 931 odd people involved and in 2008 there was over 2,000 the funny thing is those 2,000 in 2008 were spread across it says here almost 50 studios throughout the country and this one now, the latest survey says that they I think I counted like 123 or something. Wow. Studios. So, you know. It's a, diffi- it's a difficult thing to track. And yeah, there are questions about, I'm not saying that, um, that Justin didn't do his homework. I'm sure he did it to the best of his ability. But yeah, it, it's, 
it's difficult to keep track of everything and get a hold of everyone. Um, I, I, I reckon shrinking, yes, by how much I don't know. Well, the the 2008 survey was done by ACMI, and it was the history of game development in Australia. So, I think that was a um, was that a something at Federation Square in Melbourne or something? Yeah, ACME. Yeah, is the Australian Centre for Moving Image, and you know, it's a government. I think it's a government body, or yeah. So, I guess government funded maybe. But they they did the they did the survey in two thousand and eight, and they said around fifty, like almost fifty studios. So I mean, whether or not his numbers for developers are are up there, like if they've, he's got all of them, but to have counted one hundred and twenty odd studios is definitely showing a trend for the indie in Australia to be booming, oh, yeah. basically, yep. which yeah. I think is pretty interesting to see. Uh, and I think that's the cultural shift, you know, India is where you're working, yes, with a lot smaller amounts of money, but, you know, the culture is right and it's not, we, I don't think we're ever going to be competitive with AAA games developed here. It's sort of not even our style. You need insane amounts of money and as soon as you're talking about that amount of money, then, you know, um, corporate governance comes into it and so you've got EA and Activision and um, lots of suits and lots of lawyers and you know we, we know what the result of that is and I don't you know we have such yeah. a dynamic we have such a dynamic bunch of devs here and they're having really a lot of fun doing their own thing what I hope is that it's profitable for them and that it does lead on to a you know a healthy industry I don't care if it's huge or not as long as everybody's getting paid and we can do the sorts of things we want to do well, I mean, it's going all right. I mean, Half Brick, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but Half Brick have just announced that they've sold six million, over six million paid copies of Fruit Ninja, right? Yeah. So that's that's for the iPhone only, not including iPad and Android. Mm. You know, so that's they're going pretty great guns. And then you've got FireMint, of course, with Real Racing and Flight Control. Flight Control is one of the top 10 games in the world. And then uh, who else is, you know, Train Conductor, the Voxel Agents, that was going, that's sold a fair few copies as well. Yep. You know, and it just shows the sign of the times, you know, everything's with the, with everyone having an iPhone or, a, or an Android phone in their, well, a lot of people having these phones in their pockets these days. Mm. It's only going to grow yeah. though. I mean, the smartphone market yeah. is it now. Yeah. Um, exactly. And, and, and I just don't, I think that developing for that is, a fucking great idea at this time you know and it's a totally different market your approach to it is not the way that you approach AAA it's not boxed copies it's not launch events you know um, yeah. I think and... it's better if I was a developer then I'd be doing it that way I'd be doing and... casual games Sure. And I think you cycle your ideas quicker and you've got more freedom. It's not like, okay, you have to do a sequel to this. But even if you do a sequel, you're not going to be spending two and a half years and $80 million on it, you know. That's right. Exactly. You don't have to struggle can... so much for the return. Mm. And it's not like the quality, you know, suffers because, you know, we talked about Real Racing 2 the other day that in the last week, I think. And that game's just ridiculously good quality. And so, yeah. well, I mean, Fruit Ninja's simple as, but, but it's a pretty quality game, you have to admit. Blue yeah. Tongue, uh, Blue Tongue Dev, uh, Blob, do they? Yes. I think Blue Tongue are the Blob. Yeah, yeah. 
and they're yeah. either a second party or they're associated with THQ. But um, the Blob's on on Wii and PC. Was it? A, I think the first one was originally on PC and then got ported to Wii. I don't know where the second title's going, but that's that's probably a good example of uh, heading towards AAA, but not AAA, obviously. But it's still a great larger size game and maybe in in the mid market that is profitable and it is a great game it's a great quality game it's good ideas um the music in it's phenomenal you know melbourne jazz performers and stuff well it was for the first game so i mean that's that's awesome um and i think that's where it's at that's probably i don't want to restrict it but a good ceiling to put you know we're not getting into insane amounts of money but we have great ideas and and yeah and the rest of it Go for the iPhone and go for mobile platforms. It's 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 awesome. Mm. No, totally yeah. agreed. Totally and agreed. I think, I think it's good because I think that the whole smartphone market is great because you know there's a lot of people who are interested in game developing, and yes. it creates a, a stage for them to do it. Like some kid, like it was recently, some 14-year-old kid made some game that went gangbusters on iPhone. Yeah, a million downloads in two weeks or whatever it was. Yeah, Fantastic. and that's just, yeah. and that you know, you wouldn't. That shit just doesn't happen on that's other right. other formats. So. Yep, it's it's much more accessible, and and hey, it's gotten an insane amount of people who had never played any type of digital or video gaming before. You know, that market is now bigger than the established market. Okay, the transactions are also smaller, but. You know, that's that's a really good aspect. It just changes the game totally. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Well, I'm uh, I'm currently looking for a. Uh, well, I'm, I guess I'm trying to come up with a way that I can have my own game published. I've uh, I've got this awesome idea for a game, and I'm trying to get my head around how to use systems to be able to make the game. But you know, without having any kind of formal understanding of it, it's it's going to take me a long time. But um, yeah, it actually it it gives well for me it's actually given me the option to be able to come up with a game and think actually it could be possible to get that game out and i reckon yeah. it's addictive enough that it'll actually sell a lot of copies and uh, even if it's only a dollar each then kapow happy with that i i, well, I think slo- i think slowly we're crawling out of the 99 cent philosophy you, you can charge two three five ten dollars for a game tens maybe a bit much but it yeah. depends and people are beginning to pay it i'm not saying they're always going to do it and they're happy but because i'm, I'm a big promoter of that you, you're using a phone that costs you 800 fucking dollars and you won't pay yeah. a developer three bucks for their game <laughs> exactly. fuck you seriously right. fuck you <laughs> like if you're jailbreaking your phone and stealing a 99 cent games you're a fucking retard <laughs> so true <laughs> Well, that sounds good. I think uh, I think we might um, leave it for now. We'll go and have a bit of a break, get a bit of a drink of water and whatnot, and uh, have a bit of a listen to the break, and we'll be back in a moment. Hey, gal. Hello. <laughs> yeah, well, here we are, eh? Hope you have a good time tonight. Hope you laugh. Hope you laugh a lot. Actually, I hope a little bit of wee comes out. <laughs> that's a good night, that is. Don't get carried away, though. <laughs> How's the show? Look at my pants. <laughs> it's covered. 
That's a bit of wee amongst friends, eh? It's nice to have friends, you know. I didn't have many friends when I was a kid. I had an imaginary friend. And he had a real one. I had a friend on the plane, you know, people get a bit happy with you on the plane, sit there, hello, oh, there you go, guess where you off to, I said same place as you, <laughs> you got all embarrassing, you know, when you laugh and you're embarrassed, you just go, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when someone comes over to your place and, and they leave and they left their car keys behind, they always come back and go, it's me again, <laughs> Can't start without these. <laughs> People do something embarrassing. They try and cover it up. You know, and the thing they do to cover up the embarrassing thing is actually worse than the thing they did in the first place. You know, when people can't get their words out properly and they fluff them, and then to cover up, they make that psycho noise. They go, "I was walking down." Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh that's better. I'm embarrassed. I'll try and cover it up. <laughs> All right, welcome back. We're, we're back from the break. We've, uh, we've gone a bit over time, so we're going to breeze through a few things and then we're going to have a bit of a sit-down chat with Tim for a bit. So last few topics on the news agenda. Matt wanted to have a quick uh, discussion on the PS3 hack. There's been a few things that have been updated. Take it away, Matt. What do you know about it? Well, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I'll just go into a little bit. The Sony have released a a statement saying basically people who are circumventing security on their PS3s, i.e. jailbreaking them, I guess, can and will be banned permanently from the PSN. So that's nice for them. Yes. And then the hackers turned around and said, you banned me, but I unbanned myself. And because of that, I now know how to ban other people if I know their console ID. Yeah, so, I think uh, you know, Sony's got themselves into a world of hurt at the moment because there's really nothing that can stop them. You know, people who have an idea of what to do can just go in and use the hardware for whatever means they find necessary. And I think that uh, you know, Sony's not going to find a way out of this bloody rabbit hole for a long, long time. It sucks because the multiplayer is compromised, mm. which sucks. Because because the PSN is compromised through all of this, you know people can people are hacking on Modern Warfare 2. Well, they they were hacking the whole time, yeah. but I think <laughs> you know what I mean. I think in a way they're kind of lucky that they don't charge for PSN. If you're a PSN Plus subscriber and someone just hacks into your system and just completely fucks up your account, then how pissed would you be that you're actually paying money for something that can be, you know, taken away and you know, edited and whatever, you know, at the whim of somebody else? That- I imagine that, yeah, I imagine the same thing doesn't happen to the same level with Microsoft. Probably because they invented, uh, inv- they invented, they invested a significant amount of time and money into security. I'm guessing. Like- well, the the hack of the Xbox is different to the PS3. The PS3 one was basically they took away the other OS feature and then all the hackers turned their eyes onto the PS3. They didn't really give a fuck. And then uh, Sony went, you you know what, you're not allowed to use Linux on your PS3 anymore because Geohot and other douchebags are trying to use that to circumvent our security and pirate games. So, well, not pirate games specifically, but, but like yeah, to jailbreak this system. 
So Sony said, to stop that, we're going to take away the other OS, and then all the hackers out there, legitimate and naughty ones, all turned <laughs> around and went, hold on a second. It, I mean, I didn't even use yeah. that feature on my PS3, but because you've taken it away, you are going to fucking crack it? For, because... forgetting, yeah, forgetting where the ethical boundary lies, it's... Unfortunately, it seems to be a bit of a cultural shitster by Sony. Like, even if they had a case for the taking away other OS, it just doesn't seem to have been a very clever thing to do. Yeah. No, um, it was obviously a fucking stupid idea. Yeah. At the end of the day, you need to understand that a certain amount of your security will be circumvented. And you need to accept it or... And minimize just, it. Minimize yeah, the effect. minimize it. Yeah. Create, create value elsewhere that makes people think twice about doing it, you know? It's. I'm not here to condone, you know, pirating, etc. But you just got to be really smart in how you tackle it. That's all. Yeah, it's funny because they 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 did that to stop it, and then the hackers turned around and ones who didn't even give a shit got on. Got ones that were a lot smarter then, than the ones that were currently trying, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the thing the thing is, with the Linux, you only had X amount of access anyway. Yeah like running other OS's so you know it they could have maybe done a couple of things like you said you know limit the amount of circumventing that they can do but because they took that away and all these guys were like well how okay how do we put Linux on there because that was their mission to be able to install other OS's on the PS3 yeah and then through doing that they discovered what this private key was and cracked the whole thing wide open and so it turned from something little into something fucking massive that you there's no coming back from and i think in a way i think what microsoft has actually done is when they originally created the the original xbox a lot of people cracked that very very quickly because technically it is just um you know a a gaming computer inside a, a console box and that's about the only difference really but the security for for the Xbox 360 is actually written on the drive itself. So the way they do it is they run the disk in a, an, a counterclockwise direction instead of clockwise or whatever it is, um, which is normal. So they have to write their disks backwards so that when you purchase it and you put it in there, if it reads it forwards, it can't read it correctly and so on and so on. So, you know, pretty much the only way to or the easiest way to override the security on it is to be able to load different firmware onto those drives so that they can read a disk running in either way. So you can still you know, play a backup game and you can still yeah, play a right. game. Uh, but with the yeah, PS3, but... they had so many more functions that people wanted to use on the box that they actually had to go in to the hardware and to you know onto the motherboard and figure out a lot more about the actual system. And then once they... you know reverse engineered yeah reverse engineered the the, you know, the whole system they figured it out pretty quick after that the funny thing is you, you use the Xbox 360 as comparison but it's a completely different situation because the 360 is modded specifically for piracy yeah whereas yeah. the PS3 was hacked not specifically for piracy it was hacked so that people could have Linux and it's just an unfortunate side effect that um, you know piracy is going to be rampant and all the hacking and everything when really no one has been bothered to do that with the xbox if if they turned their eye on the xbox 360 i guarantee they could crack it and fucking home brew it and all that kind oh, of yeah. shit yeah yeah 
yeah, but they haven't got any reason to on. whereas Sony were kind of like waving it in front of the hackers faces but anyway so that's the situation there it kind of sucks and Kaz Harai the CEO or whatever of Sony has come out and said they're not even thinking about the PS4 yet because the PS3 is only like halfway not even halfway through its cycle they reckon yeah so hopefully this doesn't get too out of hand otherwise they're going to be in a bit of strife True, but anyway, true. so moving yeah. right along. All right, um, and while we're on the uh, on the case of uh, you know, having uh, you know different consoles and PCs and packed, we we were just talking about you know, during the break. We were just talking about Crisis Two. EA's come out and said that basically that's you know, there's been a leak of the full game. People are already playing it. They've also just come out in the last few days and uh, given a date for Crisis 2 demo, um, which from memory, the multiplayer demo will be about the 1st of March for the PC. Now, I'm I'm keen to see what it's going to look like on the PC because having Crisis 1, you know, still one of the, uh, the benchmarks for running a gaming PC, uh, I, I reckon, you know, Crisis 2 should pretty much you know, put that one to an early or late grave maybe at this stage and uh, you know, it'll be the next one so I'm really looking forward to see what my you know, machine can actually get pushed to now and hopefully Crisis the, 2 can do that through the demo the um, the copy that was leaked was a unfinished build but people are still seeing the story and elements of the game that obviously EA and Crytek were not very keen for them to see yeah of course but the game itself looks fucking awesome, so I'm pretty keen for that. <laughs> so anyway, I guess if you're if you're interested in uh, in Crisis 2 on the PC, look out for the demo that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. The other thing that we mentioned just very quickly before as well was the uh, the bullet storm shit storm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't been used elsewhere actually. <laughs> well, no one's as, as um... cheesy. Sweary. <laughs> no, surely we're not sweary. No. No, fuck that. Uh, Fox News in America decided to run a bullshit story and to, by what seems from an outsider's point of view, just to be a, 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 you know, a grab for ratings and shit like that, got a psychologist for hire to do a bit of a discussion on the Bulletstorm game and at that point i guess pretty much what they'd only seen is the um the demo and what you can see from the the little footage at the end of the demo as well she basically came out and said um you know with younger kids if a younger kid experiences bullet storms explicit language and violence the damage could be significant she then went on to say where is she is, she um, said the increase in rapes can be attributed in a large part to the playing out of sexual scenes in video games. That's so right. if you did hot coffee, if you did hot coffee on, was that San Andreas? Yeah, when yep. we you had the sex mini game. Yep. If you did that, then you are more likely to go rape someone. Yep. So for that game, that it sucks for you. me. That's what you get for modding your PC copy of GTA. <laughs> Yeah, with, I don't know, half an hour's worth of code, you had to actually put a lot of effort into doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, Fox guys. News talks shit. That's right. Fox News talks shit, Fox and News. people who think that games make people violent or rapey 
can go get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be fair, it's it's foolish of us to say they have no effect, but it is even more foolhardy to say that to you know to, to scapegoat it for everything we blame or everything negative in the world is because of games jesus died because of games two thousand years ago you know fucking that's if, if you anyway on on the matter um a really good analysis if people are interested in reading it is on rock paper shotgun just you know do a search for Bulletstorm on there and it'll be probably the first article that's up there unless it's a review of the game. So it, it, it talks through all the arguments and you know if you really want to have an informed read, do that and then never speak of it again because, yes, Fox News are just so stupid anyway. That's right. Yeah. So if you want to be informed, don't listen to what we say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I think everybody knows where they stand on, on the... On the yeah, on the matter exactly. so just gotta have a bit of solidarity just... in the gaming community bros <laughs> <laughs> moving on to something that's a little bit more cheery and a little bit more close to home as well uh, our good friends at Half Brick have come out with some fantastic news you know, confirming they've sold 6 million copies of Fruit Ninja and for the I- for the iOS yeah and that is just incredible for you know an Australian company to come out and do such a thing with such an amazing game, I you know, give them a round of applause. It's just fantastic. I mean, you know, what they've decided to do with it, though, is uh, is you know, even better, I think. Uh, and they've decided to give something back. Uh, on the um, the Half Brick website, they have a bit of a, a write-up there from uh, their media guy, Phil Larson, and it will be on Drop Bear Gaming within a couple of days as well. We've got an article to put up, but pretty much what they've decided to do is um, is sponsor a little in, you know, environmental company, I suppose, um, Fruit Tree Planting Foundation, to go out and uh, and you know, put together a fully functioning orchard for some of the uh, the Native American communities and uh, you know, hopefully that'll sustain them as well so it's not just them being cheesy and giving something back but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's something for one it's for one Native American community that's not right like multiple so well I just I just think it's a good thing for them you know they can uh, they can yeah eat better and do all that kind of stuff and you know and they can sell the the produce to make a profit as well. So our uh, our friends at Halfbrick, you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. That's that's great. Great to hear. Giving something back well, instead of just uh, you know, buying more Ferraris. Well, it's it's funny because they've got a um, they've got a they did some statistics of different little bits and pieces. It actually was only released on April 21st last year. So in it's only 10 months and they've sold 6 million copies for the iPhone, not including iPad and Android, which is pretty impressive, just 10 months. Yeah. But um, it says here that they've had over 150 billion fruit sliced. <laughs> and I think when he wrote that, they were tweeting different things. There was something like however many fruit per person sliced the average <laughs> or something. So it's pretty funny. They're worth following on Twitter Definitely. at Halfbrick if you want. Mm-hmm. Right up, right after you follow at Drop Bear Gaming. <laughs> and if you haven't already picked up Fruit Ninja, uh, it is a bloody fantastic game. It's always one of those ones that you can go back to at any stage. 
so it's not just one of those um, you know, random purchases that you play once or twice and then never go back to. And it's out on Android, and I haven't. Yes. <laughs> It's cool. It's cool. Tim's got it. So go and grab it. There you go. That's all you need. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. All right. So that that pretty much finally brings us to the end of uh, the news topics that we wanted to talk about this week. As, you know, following on from what we did last week with Tom, having our third chair here, we want to get a bit of an understanding um, of uh, of Tim and what the the tacos are doing, so um, I guess, mate, I'll open it up and just ask you straight out. Where did you guys form? You know, have you been mates for a long time, or is this just something you decided to do randomly, or uh, is that uh, you know something you you've just having a few drinks around a table at a pub and said we should do this? The origin story. It's the origin <laughs> story. Smoolander was asleep in a treehouse, and you know. This little fairy came up to him and woke him up. And said, drink this. And said, hey, listen. <laughs> and then he uh, hit her with a baseball bat and squished her against the wall. Nope. The way we really met. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Navi is one of the most annoying fucking characters ever. Um, in a Zelda game. Anyway, Sorry. No more plugging Zelda. We were... Okay, we'll start from the very beginning. Dex, James Dex Dominguez writes split screen for The Age every Friday um, or Fairfax Media sites. So it's Sydney Morning Herald, I think, and WA Today and Brisbane Times, maybe. Oh, sorry. Courier it's Mail. not Brisbane Times. Courier Mail. There you go. Um, so Jason Hill runs a, the screenplay blog and James writes a column every Friday and I think you now he's doing Mondays and Fridays. Um, the rest of us were all commenters, and yeah, Smoolander, our fearless leader, decided to get us together for a podcast. And, uh, you know, 20-odd episodes later, we're finally getting good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I think. <laughs> oh, we're, we're doing all right. It, it's something you, you get better at with time. Well, that is true. And I'll back it. I mean, I've, I've you know, been listening to it for a few weeks now, and it's... It's definitely grown on me, I'd have to say. It's uh, <laughs> it's a good bit of fun. You know, it starts off very it's tame. Like a... Sometimes it ends up uh, in a drunken brawl, but um, yeah, it's going really well. <laughs> they're, they're a lengthier podcast. Um, that's, you know, I think that it's something that more or less we all agree that we are into. I appreciate that some people like really short, concise podcasts, and that's cool. I think there's, there's a lot of those out there, and we... We like to be conversational and we don't like to just talk about recent games or recent news. If there's something interesting to be said about anything that, that we've been thinking about or doing, then it's going to get airtime. I guess you know, a couple of us tend to emphasize a little bit more about philosophy and design. That's definitely something that I like um, and it's certainly where my personal gaming is at. Uh, which is probably why you find me playing really weird games or, well, games that maybe aren't as popular. I mean, Prince of Persia is not... You know, someone who plays Battlefield Bad Company may not necessarily play Prince of Persia, um, or might. But, I mean, there's a lot of really wonderful things about the design of those games that I really dig. So that's, you know, it's the sort of thing that we talk about. And I like that it's a space for us to talk about that kind of thing. Yep. And with the website... 
Uh, is that just kind of a, a f- an extension of that follow? Yeah, we did meet primarily to do the podcast, but it is a, a writing space for us. So I mean, we, we all all of us have full time jobs elsewhere. I mean, and that's a fairly typical thing in the indie space for for blogging, podcasting, and uh, and journalists and writers. So you know, when we can, we try and post on there. Um, we have a, a you know we do discuss things together. Um, if there's something that's possibly controversial, then you know we'll talk about it. But otherwise, you know, we're, we're free to post as we please. And you know, mine ones are always the really long, boring ones <laughs> <laughs> that I that I love doing. I'm sorry, I have so much fun doing it. Um, but yeah, it, it's we try and put stuff up there. Um, there's awesome features that that Smooth's trying to do regularly now with Caption This, and they're great fun. And I really encourage people to join yeah, in on that. Yeah, no, it's good. I've just, as you know, I've just recently put a, a, a comment on the last one, and kind of upset that I missed out on the last one because that was a good, a good picture as well. But um, I did have a look and thought, nah, I'm just not going to get involved because I don't want to sound like a dickhead. But this time, I'm like, whatever. Anybody listening yeah, to the show right. knows I'm a dickhead. I mean, everyone's got a job. I mean, that, that's one of the best things about it is is trying to get people to to participate. So, I mean, captioning stuff I, I remember years ago i used to read pc power play and um a lot of print magazines you know that was their heyday and the really daggy captions were fantastic that's one of the things i used to love about about gaming press so you know that shit's got to come back yeah definitely getting more interaction is always good as well yeah I and mean, those types of things are perfect for it you guys have an influence in uh, in the, the industry down in melbourne how are you guys finding that at the moment? I mean, I know you're getting a lot of uh, you know, discussion groups together with, with the um, developers and things like that for the show, uh, a lot of interviews and those types of things. Australia is a wonderful place. It's not huge. It's not. We don't have thousands of developers like the United States or even Europe, and we don't have no developers, and we were talking about a little bit about the distribution of, of devs in Australia, and we're very lucky in Melbourne. There are, there's a lot of people here. But that being said, we do get a lot of you know we, we try and, and do some interviews on Skype etc now we're starting to do that a bit more and the best thing about the Aussie scene is that people are really willing to talk and they're great people they're interesting people um, they have wonderful stories and I guess one of the really the best moments for us was free play the free play conference down in Melbourne Free plays run by Paul Callahan and um, Eve Penford Dennis, and they're wonderful organisers. A whole bunch of Australian devs come down, and that was the first time we all jumped on Twitter and were on the Free Play 10 hashtag. So definitely, that's a great way to keep track of it. You know, tweet your thoughts. And this year, obviously, it's, it's Free Play 11. And yeah, we made a lot of contacts that way, and it's a really interesting discussional. Um, way to virtually meet people and some of them in the room and yeah that's that's the first time that twitter really made sense to me i was never going to use it as a personal tool or never directly as a personal tool but as an industry tool it's been magnificent ak's description of twitter is probably the best it's like a really awesome uh, conversation in a bar or in a pub where you control who's in that conversation you control who gets to be in it so yeah that, that's that's really been great with you guys now you know starting to do your own thing and starting to take off and as you say you know starting to find your groove i suppose what types of things you know have you discussed that you want to actually bring to the table as a group you know what is going to be your edge and what you're trying to do in the space that you're trying to occupy 
there's um there's a bit of a community i mean there, there are there's a, a wealth of really great blogging that's done in Australia by Australians too. Um, a lot of those guys are from Melbourne and we hang out with them and we cross-link them. And you'll find the developers do the same thing, but I guess that's where we're at. I mean, for me personally, I, you know, philosophy and design is, is where I get the most meat out of gaming. And I think each of us on whatever level has that interest in gaming we, we definitely we'll play games like halo and we'll play battlefield and you know we often love them we're not here to be to snub those games at all but um now is just it's probably and and everyone probably says this at every point in time which is a good thing but it's one of the most exciting times in gaming the, you know digital distribution and the success of the consoles and it was interesting watching the whole Nintendo Wii thing and then PlayStation Move and now Connect and how that's exploded and that's reaching a whole market of non-gamers that even Nintendo Wii couldn't penetrate. So, you know, the cultural shifts in gaming um, are happening now. I think we've had established established genres, established channels. Um, you know, the, the iPhone has just been a massive watershed. And as we've been saying, you know, developing, micro-developing and, and really small apps and games is something that just didn't even exist. So being, being a little bit analytical of that and um, getting into the philosophies of why they work. You know, Cannabolt is a game where all you do is tap the screen to jump, but you know, it's very easy to execute, but it, it's quite deep in how you time that jump and, you know, the, the, the art style, etc., etc. And yeah. that's wonderful. That that sort of thing just wasn't happening years ago. Um, so that's, for me, that's where it's at. And I think for us at Game Taco, that's, that's really where we, that's the space we like to discuss. So we might not always be talking about the new map pack for Halo or for Call of Duty. We're probably more likely to have a cultural discussion of why those games are the way they are and, and some of the things that happen there. Nice. Wall of text, people. Wall of text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, butts! Lena says butts. I mean, I say butts. <laughs> to Lena. To Lena. <laughs> Lena. There you go, sitting Lena. on our butts. There's your shout-out. We're, we're going to cut that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just cut it. I know, because I've discussed it with you, but... Um, you do you know, predominantly do, I suppose, the editing for the podcast. That's right. Give us a bit of an understanding about your background in, in you know, music and so on. Wow. Okay. Uh, years ago, I used to junior at a studio. Um, junior means you do it for no pain. You make lots of coffees. Awesome. Um, so <laughs> I, was a, I was an assistant engineer and, and operator um, on the cusp of Pro Tools, uh, Pro Tools 3 is probably the generation that it started kicking off. And, you know, that's when pop music changed people. Uh, <laughs> it, I, it really breaking was. news. You know, yeah. <laughs> Auto-tune, yeah, definitely. All that stuff was happening then. And um, those, are, those are my technical roots. I spend a lot of time. You spend any time in studios, you learn so much from engineers. So I guess you, you use a lot of software and you, lose, you use a lot of hardware and, and get disciplined that way. So um, editing is a lot of fun for me. It, it, before Game Taco, I wasn't really doing much at all. Um, I do play a couple of musical instruments, but I've never been really good at recording my stuff. I just prefer to improvise and, and mess around. So there's a few things, there's a few great things you learn working in a studio like vocal comping, which is, you know, compiling vocal takes into, you know, you do several good takes or 
things that you keep and compile them into you know one chorus one verse etc etc i mean for a recording that's how it is live performance is a totally different world so those disciplines are really useful for um for editing but it becomes a, a dynamic thing and the more you do it the better we get at podcasting so there are less hopefully there are fewer and fewer edits um that's what we all hope for isn't it (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) yeah but um so i I, yeah i I spend a lot of time around software and it's it's good fun i'm such a nerd i love watching waveforms fly across the screen (laughs) i get my kicks out of that that's fair enough. Yeah, I'm getting the same way, I suppose, with uh, with editing this show and just you know, getting to know the, the wavelengths and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, it, it's an interesting thing. When you can visually identify the wave shape, the, the shape of the wave for for um, yeah, yeah. that's what you know. Like, <laughs> I can see it before it happens. There's an um there, 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 there. Yep. Like, oh my God. Yeah, I've been doing the same Nerds. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a shout out to every podcasting editor right there. Audio geeks rule. Oh yeah, loving what you're doing. So, <laughs> mate, uh... <laughs> says Matt. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, he can just shut up and code. No, I just I, I get the podcast after Luke after Lucas edits it. I I get it off him and then I shrink it down because it's always fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, it's oh, like let's reward our let's reward reward our listeners by making them download a, a half a gig of. holy shit (laughs) if only we were that fucking intelligent they're gonna be in surround sound man well that's right (laughs) exactly it it, it needs to be 320 bit rate and it has to be it has to be just straight wav just put it up don't even compress it at all just throw it up homie that's it well mate uh, it is getting late and we won't keep you any longer but mate thank you very much for coming on board it's been a great show I've enjoyed it uh, it's always good to hear a different voice you know screaming at me through the other side and, and actually this time it's been good to have one that has something intelligent to say so you know, <laughs> I don't mean to put down any of the other people we've had on the show but uh, yeah it, it's yeah, good you guys suck <laughs> <laughs> now, going forward I hope we can keep this kind of a standard because it's going well so far so mate thank yeah. you very much Oh, thanks, Lucas and Matt. It's been yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, you guys are awesome, so keep on going, man. It's uh, it's great. Thank you, thanks, much thanks, appreciated. We'll, we'll definitely give it a go. I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll close off the show quickly. Well, typical shout outs. Uh, Matt, did we put out a tweet this week? I did, and the tweet is basically if you retweet it, we'll shout you out because that's Just the kind of marketing we do, <laughs> and. And um, so we had one retweet, and it was a, a lonely one from Jamie, uh, the the ex-host of the podcast. <laughs> so, well, we've been doing well. We've been consistently he, getting he less missed, and less. So probably next week, not even he will. Yeah, <laughs> he's just he's just jealous because he doesn't get to listen to Tim talk. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, it, it, it takes some time, but uh, yeah, you, you'll build up your listeners. And the other thing is too, doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, that the fuckers don't come and comment and on your website and get on Twitter. Like, folks, come on, you know, be generous and, and give feedback because you do have listeners. Yeah. It's just that they're lazy. <laughs> yeah, we, we it's not like we don't have any avenues for, you know, feedback. We have email, forums, Twitter, 
commenting on the actual posts, oh, iTunes right. reviews. Exactly. <laughs> iTunes reviews would be nice. We have, we still have that one from Esther Green. There you go. The Good old Esther. And that's it. Good old Esther. <laughs> well, that's a that's a guaranteed way to get a good shout out. Is if you go and uh, yeah. you know, put a a five-star review well hell any if review you're the only one if you're the only one we'll shout you out every week <laughs> good work esther keep it That's up right. even if you just go on there and just request itunes shuts us down we'll read that out until we get shut down <laughs> no, no but seriously um wait hit up the forums yep do give that. us a review come follow Twitter. us on Twitter. Twitter. yep uh tim is there anybody you want to give shout outs to Ah, uh, yeah, everyone. I mean, you know, anyone who listens to Game Tiger, you should be listening to this podcast now. You know, not just because I'm on it, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> the the Australian the Australian scene is great. The indie scene is awesome. Um, podcasters and writers, you know, there's so many interesting things to say. You know, we get along really well with Red King's Dream. They're a great site. Uh, yeah, there, there's just there's so many to mention. Lena is one of the best people to follow. She's really connected to a lot of people. And um, Ben Britton, Tin Man, all these guys. Tom Killen that you guys had as a guest. You know, great guy at the Voxels. So, you know, anyone who's interested in gaming in any capacity, you jump on Twitter. You don't have to say much, but follow these people and, and get involved. It's it's good fun. Well, thank well, you yet again. I've got a since we're doing shout outs I actually have a couple alright there you go we'll throw out Lena has a um, new podcast that she's doing with a couple of people called Game Gameplay Podcast yes it's at, at gameplaypodcast.com that thing is an imp- that is an impressive podcast I enjoyed it they've only got the first episode out as we record this now but it was a good episode so shout out to them uh, Elroy, um, who's pretty awesome on Twitter as well, El- uh, at Elroy Online, if you want to follow him, he does Powers Cosmic, and they're also now doing Remote Viewing, which is a film podcast. Okay, it's not about gaming, but those guys are great. You know, get have a listen. Um, you know, Australian people, it's great. I think we're, we're getting a good Aussie industry now. Yeah, we are. And the it's more that people months. get involved, the better. Yeah. Then I have to edit well, that. Well, one more shout out, Lil Cosa. Give him a shout out. Oh, Lil Cosa. Lil Cosa. <laughs> and a little, a little shout out uh, to the guy who came and hit me up on uh, on Xbox Live the, today. I think it was uh, no nuts or no no buds <laughs> or something along those lines. There was some kind of a uh, you know, something towards a, a, a tree shout out in his name. But uh, yeah, he asked me if I was a guy or a girl because my avatar's a little confusing. So hopefully you'll come listen <laughs> to this and you'll figure that out for yourself. <laughs> his, his avatar is gender neutral. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I still haven't figured it out either. So All right, well. <laughs> Mate, thanks again for coming on the show. It's been fantastic. Um, and that's a good night from myself. I'll talk to everybody next week. All right, catch you later. Thank you. See ya.